We're joined now by the head of the New Zealand Rugby Players Association, Rob Nickel, to look at a, uh, a couple of instances uh, coming up in the next few months concerning him. Rob, welcome to the program. Always nice to have you on board. I, I trust you well, and I expect reasonably excited, what, only 10 days out from the big dance in Japan. Good afternoon, Darcy. Yeah, look, it is exciting. It's cool. Uh, it's, you know, it's once in a four years. Um, the team are, are well-equipped and, uh, and looking forward to it. I saw them on Sunday night uh, before they got on the plane on Monday, and, um, yeah, it's cool. Looking forward to it. First and foremost, the Super Rugby draw came out yesterday. It's a strange draw. It's an outlier because, of course, everything changes uh, the next year after we lose the Sunwolves and becomes a round robin. So they've attempted to jam it in. It starts on January the 31st, but it does run continuously right the way through to the end of the competition. I suppose the question that's been on a lot of people's lips around the All Blacks, what happens regard regards their involvement with Super Rugby from the get-go? Because as we know, uh, end-of-year tours, often they finish quite late, there's compulsory stand-down periods for the All Blacks, and they drift back into the fold later on in the piece. What's going to change, if anything, this time around, do you believe? Yeah, look, um, in an ironic kind of way, uh, things won't change too much to a normal November end-of-year tour. So with the World Cup ending at the end of October, instead of the end-of-year tour at the end of November, Super Rugby starting two weeks earlier than usual, uh, for the reasons you highlighted, um, we actually end up with two weeks longer. So Basically, the protocol around the All Blacks will remain the same. Within a couple of weeks of coming home, they'll connect back in uh, to understand and to do effectively a handover between the All Blacks and their Super Rugby franchises so that they understand what shape they're expected to come back into after Christmas. Um, They'll they'll get clarity around that, make sure they're clear on what they've got to do and keep chipping, working away at while they take a a decent-sized break, which will be basically um, all of November, December and over the Christmas New Year period. Uh, the week beginning, I think it's the 6th to the 10th of January, uh, they have a week of what we call commercial window. Um, that's when all the commercial partners or majority of the commercial partners with New Zealand Rugby will have all the creative they want to shoot around, you know, television advertisements, promos, um, that kind of stuff. So we spend a week doing that. And then most of them will go back into the Super Rugby environment that following week on the Monday. Although we've got a, we'll have a group that come up to, to Auckland for two days for Super Rugby um, promotional work so that's pretty much what it looks like they'll go back into the super rugby environment their return to play will look something and this is a little bit um, generalized because there's always an exception to the rule but they'll have 12 weeks without playing any rugby and then a return to play protocol that sort of looks along the lines of 180 odd minutes over three weeks so similar to most players you know probably for the all blacks perspective their pre-season will kind of start that week before the start of super rugby Um, so you know they might play 40 minutes then 60 minutes, then 80 minutes. So, you know, most of the All Blacks will be up to about um, 60 minutes in that first game, second game. Um, yeah, and that's, did, that's kind of what it, what it looks like. Does yeah. that does that vary um, considering the involvement at the World Cup for some of the All Blacks who you'd expect will probably only play pool matches and then there'll be, I expect, a, a number of players who won't be involved come quarter semis and finals. Does it apply right across the board to all of the All Blacks or is it based on what yeah. they're involved in in the World Cup? It's kind of like that's the starting point and then there's a conversation if there's a good logical reason why things might change a little bit, like there might be a little bit more of a delay because a player had an operation and we want to give them a little bit longer to rehab or get strong in a certain position or, you know, it's a little bit, let's see how it is. But that, that, the reason it won't really vary depending on playing game time is what people don't understand is that the off-season for players is some of the hardest work they do for the year. It sets them up for the year. 
And one of the things we've always pushed is, you know, take four or five weeks, complete break from the environment, but then they actually come back and do some of the hardest work they do all year in pre-season. And what we found for a long time, which we used to bang the table about, we weren't saying we want more holiday between seasons. We were saying we want more pre-season so that guys can actually, um, the all-black players in particular who are finding their pre-seasons were compromised, they can actually get the gains they need in body conditioning and physical conditioning to be able to handle the season ahead. So, you know, the, the starting rule will be 12 weeks, basically, with no game time, and then I return to play kind of, you know, 40, 60, 80 uh, for all the players because, they, you know, the trainers are telling us they need that 12-week block to be able to take them through a periodized kind of return to, to, well, I suppose, conditioning period so they can then handle the super rugby season and the international season to follow because they won't finish. In 2020, they won't finish until the end of November, which is a long time the back end of Super Rugby because there's not that break for the junior internationals because they've been moved so it's a continuous, well 21 weeks possible uh, if you're involved at the pointed end of the competition. What are the protocols around player rest during that period ahead of the July internationals? Do they say very similar as well, Rob? Yeah, look, we've got a, for next year we will keep it similar from what I can understand. So all players get, so you've got an 18 week round robin with two buys, so every team will get two buys. And then um, just, uh, you know, there's probably a little bit of work to do there. This year we, we had the two buys plus generally two weeks where all blacks were outside of the environment. Um, that may come down to one, but um, I'm not quite sure exactly where we're sitting there. The, the good news, I suppose, to us is that this will be kind of like um, the last year of that. The next year the, the team goes to that 14-team round-robin comp. It doesn't start until mid to late February. Um, there's two buys, and because there's 14 teams, that means the buys can be better placed. They can, you know, with 15 teams, someone has to have a buy on the first week, someone on the last week. With 14 teams, you've got an even number of teams, so you can schedule the buys better. So you, sh- you would like to think that the All Blacks can get through the entire Super Rugby campaign um, with their two buys, uh, then a, a final series, and then a couple of weeks off before they go into the July, t- uh, one week off before they go into the July test matches. So. 2021 made it's looking great. 2020 it's a tough year, but we are somewhat better, you know, better equipped to handle it because the international season finishes at the end of October instead of the end of November. Well, you mentioned the World Cup before and uh, the the preparation and the fact that the boys are over there now and they are. There's been a lot of stories around um, the heats and various teams yeah. training and in, in atmospheres that might be more conducive to success in that heat. What, what have you got around your players concerning uh, dealing with their well-being in that oppressive heat over there? Is that something you guys have, have looked at specifically? Yeah, World Rugby's got guidelines around you know, match day conditions and all that side of things. So they have protocols that they'll they'll be working through around the different games. They have contingency plans in place. Um, get a Rugby World Cup's a, a pretty big commercial beast. Um, so they need to have those those contingencies thought through and planned for. And um, you know, ultimately, you, you deal with what the hand is. Um, the heat is an issue that was flagged really early and a lot of steps being taken to try and make sure that, uh, you know, equipment, techniques, um, everyone's aware of it. So from a training preparation perspective, it should be okay and it should be manageable. Um, your difficulty is if, if you if you strike a, a game day at a certain time with a particular temperature that, that creates welfare issues. And like I say, the protocols are in place, independent match day doctors, etc., overseeing each game. So... You trust the experts and you follow the process and um, see what see what comes out. Hopefully, it's 
absolutely fine. We'd like to think so. And just one last thing, we're joined by uh, CEO of the Rugby Players Association, Robert Nickel, new CEO coming to New Zealand Rugby. She's been a long time. I'll be looking forward to that. Uh, Mark Robinson, what's your relationship like with him and what do you expect him to bring on board? If anything, I'm presuming the change or the, the handover is not going to be uh, greatly interruptive of anybody and it's just going to be a, a smooth transition. Is that your feeling as well? Um, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, Absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I've known Mark for a long time. He obviously is a player and a member of, of our organisation. He's, you know, he's um, all black and he was a, he's a fine player. A lot of respect for what he did on the field. But he, you know, he's one of those players who really grew and stretched himself off the field as well, Dallas. You know, like he studied in New Zealand. He studied to a high level overseas at Cambridge. Um, he, you know, he worked hard on his personal growth. He, he was always his own man as a player. Uh, he was engaged intellectually around issues. Um, as an example, I used his agent's thesis that he did as part of, of his tertiary qualification as the guideline or, or, you know, as the basis for presenting guidelines to the players around whether they need an agent and how to choose an agent and all that side of things. So, you know, we're going back to the early 2000s here. You know, he's, um, he's obviously been a Taranaki CEO, so he's been connected to provincial union land. Um, he has been uh, a really valued member of the New Zealand Rugby Union Board. He is extremely well respected at world rugby level on the various governance bodies. Um, and I suppose through all that interaction and, and my roles in New Zealand and also with the international players, I've had a lot of interaction with them. So, you know, positive relationship. Um, you know, I know our player base has a lot of respect for him, as they do for Steve Chu. And I, I see nothing more than the partnership between our players, I suppose, and, and New Zealand rugby and the franchises and the province has grown off the back of Mark's appointment and we, we owe it to all of those players and the likes of Steve and others that have been involved to, to continue to build that legacy because you know, when you actually strip it back, the partnership between New Zealand rugby players and the administration has been pretty strong for a while now and none of us want to let ourselves down so we'll work hard to make it work and hopefully, um, hopefully he brings a bit of energy to step it up, eh? It'll be good fun. I'd yeah. like to think so. Great stuff. Rob Nickel, thanks very much for joining us. We should do this regularly, mate. And enjoy the Rugby World Cup and uh, look forward to talking again soon. Yeah, it's a lot easier to talk about it than having to front up and play it, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> I sure. wouldn't know. I'll sure join everyone and wishing the boys all the best. And, you know, part of me also just wished it was over, actually, thanks to us. <laughs> It'll be nice to, to know what's happened and uh, to be able to move on. But I, I appreciate the fans are out there and looking forward to it. So that's awesome.